Pit Guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Colorado Land Tire and Service. Well, it's about stinking time. We are, we're back, back in the saddle, back in the... In oh, dude, the I just looked down on my pants, they're covered in mud. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not mud, buddy. <laughs> this is how the week has been going. Well, we are, we're back. Uh, sorry it's taken us so long. We've had a... We were at Hammers, obviously, and it's taken us a little bit of time to kind of get back in the swing of things. Well, we, we'll go through this in a chronological order tonight, but yes. uh, we had pre-race stuff, pre-Hammers life, Yep. then we had Hammers, and now we've got post-Hammers life. And a little bit of hammer lung to, to Oh boot. my gosh, I can't stop coughing, man. Yeah, <clears throat> I got I got phlegm down inside my lungs. Like I don't have sickness, but I got some rattly ass lungs. We have got some great stories. Um Hopper helped steal a car in California. We met a guy named Homeless Bill. Guilty till proven innocent, Broseph. Yep. We uh of course, have Hammer's results to share with you. Now, this is a great thing about a podcast, man. We don't have to sit down and type up a race report. No. We just get to talk about how much fun we had in this microphone, and then it, all you guys listen. And we know you listen because you all gave us a little bit of flack for taking some time off. Yeah. And also, while we're at it, I do want to apologize. I've had some people asking when the next Doing Stuff with Hopper video is going to come out. And... uh it's we're working on working on the editing. I was wondering about that today. It's been a while. It's been a while, but here's the problem. I you if you're listening, I'm not calling you out, but uh, I let one of one of you guys out there borrow my card reader, my only card reader at Hammers, and I uh, didn't get it back, so I had to order a new one so I could start downloading Footy. So that slowed <laughs> me down a little bit. And I don't then, totally buy that because. Uh... I already got parts that I ordered after King of the Hammers. Yeah, it's here. It's just delayed me. The parts mm, okay. are here. Uh, also, also, the old email inbox was bursting at the seams, so that took some effort to go through. I'm still, still working on catching up. But I anyway, get... we're what, what I'm saying is, I'm making I'm making a promise to you. I'm I'm telling you all that. We're going to be doing better with podcasts now that life is getting back to normal somewhat. <laughs> normal. <laughs> and normal. also, um, we're, I'm going to be cranking out some uh, YouTube content here in the next couple days. So we, uh, We've got a plan. Going to get back in that routine. It's, it's race season now. We are... Uh... We're all back at it, so... Well, right now, it's thrash season for us. We got a dumpster fire off-road is, is up and running. Um, as you know, we got uh, old 4955 Rocky Mountain Speed Fab's old car. So we have started disassembling the old girl. We're gonna strip her down to the chassis, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get some get some good good up in there, get some welds in there, she some needs, gussets. She needs some love. We're gonna put some love in there. So it's thrash season. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, no guest tonight. Nope. If you're tuning in to listen to a guest, uh, I've got. Response A and response B. Uh, response A, man, we've just got too much stuff to talk about. Yeah. People want to know what's been going on in our lives. Yeah. And B, I literally have just been too busy slash lazy to get somebody on this week. So we're going to start back with the guest episodes next week. Yep. We just wanted to give everybody a big update on what we've been doing 
Yes. And, and uh, it's and, been busy. And just so you guys know, I know there's a ton of you people that uh, want to get on the show. We're going to get you on the show. It's going to take some time because, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of people we got to talk to. i got to say, man, we did love the feedback. Um, a lot of you guys at Hammers, uh, no fear, walked right up to us and told us what you thought, which was all positive. No one, like, I mean, we got cussed out, but not about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, totally unrelated. <clears throat> but uh, I do feel bad. Uh, we were supposed to have a Anchorman style brawl. <laughs> it was on the schedule with yes. uh, the Wine Wheeling and Whiskey guys and then uh, some other podcast guys that were up there. Yep. Uh, we had our blades sharpened and we were ready for battle. We got a little distracted that evening, and we just weren't able to make it up there. That's one of that's one thing we missed at Hammers that I would have liked to have maybe pinned in instead of penciled in on our schedule. Yeah. But, but I talked to those guys. They were cool about it, man. You know how Hammers Week is. But, uh, yeah, everybody else that came up and talked to us, man. Um, it was we, super fun. Yeah, we love the feedback, and we love talking to you guys and hearing some of your stories. We gotta remind ourselves and you guys our goal here. Well, our goal is to make money and be rich, right? But that's not how it works. My goal is to vent, so I don't have to. Yeah, so I don't have to like burden my wife with all of my whining and complaining. What this show, <laughs> I still do, by the way, just so just so we're clear. What this show is for is to help people in our racing world, our racing family. Uh, just get some exposure, right? Share their stories, uh, share their history. Like that's really all we want out of this show. We're not, I mean, we're not making any money, but we're having a hell of a fun time, and we love meeting new people, and we love hearing their stories and sharing their stories, and that's what we want this podcast to be about. The feedback you guys gave us was really that you loved that format, and uh, so I think we're just going to kind of continue with that. I. I did have someone mention that maybe we should update our intro and outro songs. Well, I think we should talk to the editor about that, <coughs> Zach. Yeah. I uh, I will see. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah. But the general format of the show this year, you know, we want to have as many podcasts as we can. Uh, we want to get anybody involved in racing in here. Shoot, I, maybe even some people that aren't involved in racing. That's always fun and spicy. Yeah. It's always good to hear stories of people... In general, like people just want to be heard. Uh, there's the whole reason I talk on a podcast is because uh, the narcissist in me wants people to listen to me talking, and I like hearing my own voice. That is while we're recording. Afterwards, I've never listened to one of my podcasts. Yeah, because I sound like a freaking dweeb <laughs> through the speaker. So I do. Th that. I do think that uh, you know we really enjoy helping people share their messages, whatever yeah. that message is. You know. So, uh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's getting a little deep, Zach. Let's start right, talking well, about the experience. All right. Well, let's, uh, should we start at the beginning? Oh gosh. The beginning. All it the was all, back? it was dark. And then I saw a light. That's, that's what I remember about the beginning. I just remember oh, there was a lot of groaning. In our oh, beginning. you thought I was talking about when I was born. No, I'm literally talking about our trip to King of the Hammers. Yeah. Groaning. Let's, uh. Oh man, dude, it's been uh, several weeks and I'm still a little, got a little PTSD from this. We, uh, <coughs> we did a fairly good job of getting the Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab car prepped. Uh, yep. 
you and I and Jeff and Joe, we put in a lot of hours the last two or three weeks, as did many of you out there in Race World. And, uh, man, I thought we did pretty good. Um, we got our stuff all prepped and ready to hit the road the weekend before. Uh, dude, I don't know how we do it, man, but we squeeze everything in the bed of my truck and in my camper every time we do this. Three groms and a smoker and a smudge pot. And... I'm getting a little sick of it, I will have to say. It's really... It's taxing when you don't have any storage because, like, Jeff gets his bed with his storage. Zach, it's his camper, so the whole thing's his thing. And I get the, like, random kid bed with no storage, so my stuff's, like, on the floor. And then Zach comes in all huffy, and he's, like, pushing my stuff and touching my things. And I'm just, like, I think this is the last year I'm going with some. Uh, next year... I think I'm taking my own rig just because it's going to be nice to have my own spot. You know, I watch these guys with these, like, 53-foot semi-hauler trailers. Oh, my gosh. And you think, God, that would be great. I could get everything in there. I would I would have room. And then I watch them. Oh, dude, it's just we would just be taking ten times more crap, you know. I can't even imagine. Um, this is a great spot where we should plug our favorite YouTube of the video Big shout out to our buddy Paul Wolf and Uncle Robert. Yeah. You guys need to go on to Paul Wolf's YouTube channel and check out one of his latest videos. Uh dude, it's like Uncle Cy meets um Oh, what's that show? Uh uh Bam Margera? Yeah, yeah that weird kinda uncle. like that you couldn't understand Uncle what he Vito, said. Is that his name? I don't know, but he was always like he'd get, uh, he'd get worked up, and then he'd say words, and you're like, I don't understand anything that. Uh, it, granted, these are two different people. One's a creeper, and this <laughs> other dude's cool. But Uncle same, Robert being the cool one. Yeah, Uncle Robert's cool. But I feel like time, he was like Uncle Cy from Duck Dynasty with a massive swearing problem. <laughs> it was incredible, Paul. Great job on that. Yeah. That we need more Uncle Robert. Yeah. And uh kudos for you, man, for taking your uncle all the way to California and back. Holy cow, man, I can't imagine. But anyway, sorry. So anyway, so Tangent. I think I think there's there's a couple options. One that's just not gonna work out right now. I just saw like I was it was made clear to me that this is a thing and it was a nineteen eighty eight Kenworth, a K dub cab over car hauler slash dude that thing is straight up has to be originally from petty motorsports dude this thing is freaking awesome it's it's on the old uh i'd love to know the history on that thing it's on the old what is where is it louisiana yeah somewhere down louisiana ball louisiana um wish you could show pictures 35k dude this thing is mint I would like red and red Petty blue. blue, STP colors. Says God bless America on the grill. Anyway, something like that. That's what I need. Anyway, so that we so out. so maybe next year we'll do something a little different. But you know, three no, no, three worked. of us. This you, worked. You, me, and Jeff, the worst guest ever. Mm. All in my twenty six foot toy hauler. We opted not to take the razor this year. Felt like the Groms would be a better choice. And it kind of was a good choice. It is. People it see the Groms. They yep. recognize the Groms. You know, we got to represent Grom gang. Yep. Yeah. We. So uh, it got off to a very rough start. Oh, my gosh. We uh, we originally were going to leave Wednesday after work, 6 p.m., and then, like, 
two days before, we were like, screw it. Let's leave Wednesday at noon. I'm sure you've all been through this. So now we're going to leave six hours earlier, which is great because that means it's an 18-hour real-world drive. That means that we'll get there about 6 a.m. Perfect time to check in. No traffic. And we get a call Wednesday morning. The freaking worst guest ever. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Decided that he needed to... What did he just tell us happened? He bulged, bulged two, di- two, maybe three discs, and there was something else in something there. Something with his sciatic nerve, maybe? Yeah, so... Literally immobile. Yeah, like, you'd think that... Uh, w- what happened? What Did he fight a bear? Did he try and carry, like, a stack of anvils? Was he defending his family from a crazy pack of banshees? Did somebody caber toss him in a, in a feat of masculine strength? All wrong answers. <clears throat> the man sneezed. That's right. <laughs> oh when he gosh. told us that... I knew we were going to have to broadcast this. I didn't really believe him at first. I'm like, whatever, he's just being a weenie. So, our 6 p.m. start that moved to noon, then got moved back to 4 p.m. Because he said, man, i got to get into the chiropractor. I think they can fix me. I was hesitant, but, you know, willing to do it, man. Let's wait till 4. Yeah. Let's let's get him right. Dude shows up to my house at 4 p.m., uh, Remember I said, oh, he's just being a weenie. Remember that? I said that like a minute ago. Wrong. Literally in the 15 minutes that we spent with him on Wednesday, he was... I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but he looked looked vis- visibly like he was in more pain than when my wife birthed my son. Dude, the guy the guy couldn't breathe. Like, his his muscles were like tremoring he was laying on the bed of his truck he was laying on the ground he was laying on my couch he was my wife was trying to give him anything and everything he was speaking in tongues oh it was bad freaking awful we're having side conversations so zach and i are like do we just take him out back and put him out of his misery what would jennifer say his wife so uh Third, third or fourth audible for the day. Um, it was just determined by all parties involved that he was not going to be sitting in the truck for eighteen no. hours at that point. At in one time. point, we're like, "Well, maybe he can lay in the back seat of the old dude." We max. made a whole bed in the back seat of my truck. So then I just, as a test fit, tried to lay <coughs> down in it, and uh, that wasn't going to happen. No. So we pulled his suitcase out, and uh, in a slight moment of defeat. He retreated home, and you and I hit the road together. Like two best friends. It was a very blurry trip. So we... Technically now, we are two hours ahead of the originally scheduled departure. So we had this discussion. At some point, we were like, hey, uh, we can take turns driving. It'll be great. We'll just drive through the night. It's Like I said, 18-hour drive. We'll swap out. Well, like halfway through, in some delirium, I'm like, hey, you need me to drive? Zach's like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm like, cool, I'll stay awake to help keep you awake. Well, we were visiting, listening to music. Oh, man, the music on the way down was incredible. Unlike the music on the way back. We'll 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 talk about that later. We listened to 90s 90s on 9 the entire 18 hours to Hammertown. Heard one One. song repeated. That was it. 
It was amazing. There were a handful of songs I did not remember. Whatever, Zach, you were belting out Backstreet Boys. But it was a good drive. Every yes. time you'd ask me if you wanted to take over, I was like, nah, man, I mean, I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. And all of a sudden, it was about 4 a.m., and you were like, Man, if you asked me to drive right now, I don't think I could because I'm pretty tired. And, and I'm like, I'm getting pretty tired too, man. And so we look at each other and like, oh, we just shot ourselves in the foot because we're both equally exhausted. But so, we just trucked through, man. Our drive, as miserable as it is, is not as bad as some. Yeah. And uh, it is broken up and every two to three hours we do take a break. We fuel up, whatever. Because Chevy has the world's smallest fuel tank. It's, well, it's just kind of way, the way that the towns break up on the way. That is true. People think, I'm from Kansas, man. Driving through western Kansas is miserable. It has nothing yeah. on Utah. Utah, I love Utah, beautiful state. There's that one section between <sighs> Green River and... St. George, pretty much. Cedar An- City. The Angel Moroni or wherever that town is. Oh, man, there, there are just two gigantic gaps of literally not even gas stations. Maybe some squirrels that yeah. are hiding in the bushes. But we did it, man. We got all the way to Barstow. Uh, the sun, when we pulled into the Flying J at Barstow to de-winterize the camper, the sun was not up. It was dark. And it was very cold. It was like 20 degrees. Yeah, Hopper was upset about the temperature. <laughs> uh, by the time we were done de-winterizing my camper, the sun had come up. It was a beautiful sunrise in California. Well, there wasn't really... We By the time we were done de-winterizing a camper, that's kind of a really... Uh, really oversimplified statement you just made there there was a lot that went into the denaturization yeah. we we had a, a faulty valve on the back of the toilet the old thetford we had a couple of water lines i forgot to reconnect <laughs> mind um, you we're going on zero hours of yes. sleep so we're kind of we have at around. this point we have been driving for about 15 to 16 hours straight um, solely living off of Maverick gas station snacks. Yes. And, uh, we flooded the crap out of my camper. Yeah. Um, but I had two towels and so I just did the best we could. We went to Home Depot. We bought the parts we needed. It was a really good thing that we rented a porta potty at King of the Hammers for a campsite. Because uh, yes. my toilet was basically rendered useless in my RV, which is okay. That was the plan. We were not going to use it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to have to winterize the black tank again. Yep. But uh, Barstow was a little bit of an adventure this year. Um, but whatever. We got to Hammertown, man. We pulled in. Some of the, the guys were there. The angels started singing. Oh, oh, my gosh. When you pull down that dirt road, it's. it's so many emotions um it's it's my literally my favorite place on earth thursday morning about nine o'clock i think a.m was when we got there um it was picking up like you could definitely tell it was getting busy um we knew it was going to be a big hammers uh but yeah we got there half the guys were there uh, for our group so we just uh kind of got settled in we set up our camp we went around. We got the swag that we needed to get right off the bat. Yep. And, uh, dude, we crashed then for like two hours in the camper. <laughs> I, I woke up and didn't even know where I was yeah. for like an hour. Zach was really out of it. <laughs> but it was great, man. I don't mind cannonballing that. It would it would be nice probably if we switched up to driving a little bit. I could have used a nap. Well, one of the things about <clears throat> and you don't good. you don't realize this till you're in the moment. You don't want other people driving your truck. 
Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I trust you guys to drive I, my it's truck. It's not that we don't trust. Like, I trust you guys, but at the same time, like, once I get <coughs> behind the wheel of my Super Duty, I'm kind of doing my thing, like... Well, and it's just... It's easier for me to just kind of be like, ah, just a couple more hours, just a couple more hours, yeah. then we'll walk around. Just a couple more hours. Um, I mean, the truck and the trailer, actually, the whole trip, other than the toilet fiasco, never really had any problems no. with. Worked great. Um... That I was pleased with. Uh, casualty number one when we got to Hammers, though, and and an excuse for why we've been a little late on this podcast. Oh, yeah. My computer fell off the bed in the camper. MacBook Air. Even though it was in a case and a backpack, and my monitor broke. So that yeah. was a little bit of a downer, but I did the right thing. I took a piece of advice from Derek from Vice Group Garage and... I did the right thing, and I just totally ignored it the rest of the week we were at Hammers. I put it back in my bag, I put it under the bed, and I just never thought about it again. And I, you know what, I'm proud of you for doing that, because that would have bothered me if that was mine. And uh, I, it, it, it did bother me, I just didn't think about it. We were too busy trying to do things like melt our pellet smoker, stuff like that. So anyway. yeah, that that was our that was just the trip to Hammers. I will be very upfront and say our trip was much smoother than many others. Yes, it sounded like pre-Hammers and trip to Hammers this year was hell on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why that is. Um, same thing with the trip home. So many guys having trouble getting home. Uh, we had a really mild trip home. Nothing exciting. Yeah, um, scary, but nothing exciting. But, uh, yeah, so then we got to Hammertown. Man, that's that's when it also just turned into a blur of 10 days. It was super busy. I mean, Circle Town this year had a lot of cars in it. Um, we had a lot of people, a lot of stuff going, coming, lots of... Oh, yeah, we had to go rescue uh, Kahi, John Kahi and his crew. Yep. Was that that was Friday? It so was one so we of the days. we had a day to reset. Dude, I can't even keep days straight. So yeah, whatever. He uh he had a little bit of a little bit of a truck issue, so we backtracked over to Baker and picked, picked up his up trailer, this trailer for him. And then another day we went to freaking Los Angeles, almost San Bernardino, that place. Yeah, and got an axle for him to to fix stuff. Yeah, quite the adventure, <laughs> dude. So we worked with five UTV teams this year. Uh, I got to say, man, there there was some great teamwork, and there was a lot of hustle mm-hmm. between those teams. Um, Kahi, man, I mean, those guys at at Adrenaline they they got a they got a good race team and a good race program. They just had some bad luck. They had bad luck with the truck. Uh, John was running a smoking hot qualifying lap and rolled. They hustled to get that car prepped between Monday and Thursday for the race. I yeah. was really impressed with how well those guys took that and just pushed through. Yep. Because um, they had some serious damage from that. Um, the same goes for our buddy Rich. Man, oh, poor Rich. Poor, poor Rich. Poor Rich. Rich, we love you, buddy. Yeah, he had a long week. Yeah. Uh, he decided to... Well, he didn't decide. <laughs> it just happened. He did a triple end-over-end cartwheel in his car on Sunday. No, it was fr- Friday. I don't remember what day it was. But uh, he 
he smoked some stuff. It was four four days of a lot of us helping him out and thrashing on that car. Yeah. And, uh, dude, just seeing Rich get to the starting line was pretty much a victory. It was like its own win in and of itself. So. And then, like, he actually ran really well and, and had dude, a shot. Rich is so fast. When Rich's stuff holds together, Rich is smoking fast. And then his stuff blows up. Yep. So uh, those, but that's not anything on Rich's stuff. Stuff just blows up. It's just it happened well, to him at this point in time. Yeah. The video is on on the internet. Yeah. It's it's pretty understandable why he was having problems. But uh, man, there you talk about teamwork. Like that was a really encouraging thing for me with with the five UTV teams we were working with this year. Always people ready. Uh, ready. I mean, dude, without Daryl, our buddy Daryl, who's Darryl. really just like a floater. He's not really tied to any specific car. He just comes and hangs out with our group every year. Yeah. Man, that dude did some serious work. That dude's he's like the rock star. And then on top of it, the guy uh the guy's just like he's just there like, "Hey, you need you need some diesel for your smudge pot? Uh, you need some some Reese's? Reese's peanut butter?" Yeah, he brought stuff? you candy, man. Oh my gosh. Like <clears throat> the guy is He's just someone you want to have around. Well, guys like Daryl and uh, our buddy Nate Owen, he came in to help us, uh, and he brought a couple of his buddies down there from Arizona. All those guys are great to have around because when you're tired and frustrated and wore out, and in Rich's case, hemorrhaging cash left and right, those guys are always great to have around because they're they're encouragers, right? Hey, man, tell me what to do. What What do I need to help with? Let's get this thing turned around, like, that's why I love having those extra guys with us. And Daryl and Nate and the other guys, man, they're they're great about that. Yeah. Um, our our team, uh, Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab with Joe Gould, uh, had a relatively quiet week. Uh, you know, we were down there with the new Pro R. Uh, we got the full CT Raceworks suspension on it. I think one of only two Polaris Pro Rs with the new CTS uh, stuff. Uh, it was really cool. We got to meet uh, the owner and a couple other guys from CT. They came by our tent a couple of times. But our week was relatively quiet. Joe didn't do a ton of pre-running, uh, just kind of breaking in the car. Um, he did a lot of shock tuning with King Shocks. Um, and he really just saved his stuff for race day, which I'm not going to complain about because uh, compared to the other guys, man, he – it seemed like a smart play. Yeah. Well, and uh, not to change the subject, but uh, if if you're out there and you're in the desert and you happen to find a tool bag, a Milwaukee tool bag that has some Milwaukee, a Milwaukee impact driver and a couple other specialty tools and a headlamp and some snacks, that's ours. It fell off the car while doing shock tuning. So Yeah, no fault of anybody's really. More of a design flaw uh, and... And we all kind of designed this particular portion, but turns out that four-cylinder exhaust yeah. gets a little hot and might have melted the strap. So, another tangent. If you've got stuff attached to your car, anything really, oh, yeah. mark it. Because in that little cluster of stuff that fell off, <coughs> I have an AGM jack that fell off, and I was I rode it off. I was like, well, the Jawas got it. It's in. It's, it's with the Lord now. It's in the Lord but uh, I had some doing stuff with hopper stickers on it, and then my name <coughs> and my phone number with paint pen. And like two days later, 
I get a text. Somebody must have walked over to the cell phone signal bush and texted, Hey, I got you, Jack. Come meet me at this spot outside the wire, outside gate five. I got my, my hazards on. So went out there. These two young guys just kind of in their crusty camper out there having fun. They found it. They found my number and returned it to me. So I got it back. So guys, labeling your stuff with your number, your car number, and your name, that all works. So do it. And then you don't have an excuse. And then if someone wants to keep it and they find it in the desert, if there's no name on it, in my opinion, it's kind of free game. But if there's a name on it, you better give it back. Tangent over. Yeah, that was a that was also a highlight of the week. That was, that was pretty, pretty cool, cool when that guy called and said he had your jack. Yeah. So, another another AGM story real quick while we're talking about AGM. Uh, the other AGM jack we had was busted, and Jeff ended up making it out there, and he put out uh, to contact him via Instagram. And mind you, if you don't have Starlink, there's really no oh, connectivity. Oh, Starlink was the savior of the trip. It sure was. So Jeff puts out on AGM socials like, hey, our jack's busted. Like, Is there anybody out on the lake bed that can help us work on it? Yeah. Because no one was selling them, ironically. Yeah, no dealers there, nothing. Anyway, so we get back from working one day, like out helping somebody or doing something. Maybe we were napping in the bushes, I don't remember. But uh, someone's like, oh yeah, there was some Some guy guys. came and looking for you, and he was in the tent, and that's like all we knew. Yeah, and then the next day, we're sitting around the smudge pot, and these two dudes show up, hey, where's Jeff? And we're like, uh, he's right there. And they're like, yeah, we're from AGM, where's your jack? Like, what? No, they had already taken the oh, jack. Oh, yeah, that's right. They took the they jack. They just took it from our tent. Yes. We didn't even know it was gone. They took it. And then they're like, hey, uh, we took it back to our, like, mothership, and we're going to ship it back to you after we fix it for free. And so then they, they shipped it, like, next day, air or whatever, to get back to the little shipping place at the entrance to Hammertown. Yeah. And we had it freaking stellar work by agm yeah talk super about customer impressed. service yeah that was awesome those guys were fun guys to meet too and then we dealt with a few other vendors that was like hey customer service <laughs> non-existent yeah i mean i'm not gonna i'm not putting them out there on blast i'm thinking just, about it i'm definitely know, thinking about it just know you listen here you dweebs on the lake bed and you're trying to sell parts to racers some of the practices, and this just isn't all uh, vendors in vendor town. This goes for some of the guys, too, around Hammertown selling parts. When you're doing, like, 100%, 200% markups simply because you know you got racers by the nards, not cool. I get it. It's capitalistic and all. Yay, America, go, whatever, but not freaking cool. Yeah, we, we are not big um, complainers on this show. We don't try to trash anybody, but I will say that was one of just a couple disappointments of Hammers this year. Yeah. The, whatever you want to call it, corporate greed, whatever, was at an all-time high, man. Yeah. We... We and would go I, we would go to these booths and ask, like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Can you help us out? And they would literally laugh at us yes. and say, We're not here to help anybody. We're here to make money. And when no one else wants to and, help and you, not, you can come back and we'll 
gladly sell you the product and you will gladly pay the price yeah and we're not sa- we're not paraphrasing here this was verbatim what these dweebs yeah. were telling us we'll see you in 20 minutes yeah and the price is gonna go up so just understand that there's a lot of vendors out there who don't give a crap about you who i will never be patronizing ever Dumpster fire off road. There was not a be booth. Them. There was a booth that literally had the product sitting there, and you were oh. gonna, you were even gonna pay for I it. I tried to give the guy. The cash. guy wouldn't even sell you the product because it was there for display purposes. Display only. I'm like, is anything here for sale? Nope. And I'm like, well, why is this? So guess what? I was like, I'm going back, and I'm just gonna yoink it. I'm just gonna steal you that didn't, bottle, but, but I didn't, because guess what? I'm a good Christian. So, like I said, that's only one of a couple complaints. We will end that note yeah. with this. There are still some great vendors there. We have to so highlight. So we talked about AGM. That yep. was a highlight. So AGM is solid. In my, however, let's talk about what I think. Who I think's the best out there. Like my crowning, my lowest point, and yet my highest point. And this was kind of happened at the end, but we'll talk about it now. Um. So, as many of you know, I love smudge pots. I have a smudge pot. Oh, this is so sad. And I bought one from smudgepotdirect.com last year after Hammers, after I was introduced to them. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Use the crap out of it up here. My kids love it. My wife loves it. Just, It's just a magical thing. We love it to death. So I was super excited. Packed it up. Brought it along. Had a great time. Um... And then the last day happened. We were out at Remote Pit 2, and we come back to camp, and there's there's the lawn chairs that had been left there. But when Our we, lawn chairs. Our lawn chairs. When we had left, the lawn chairs were circling a smudge, my smudge pot. When we got back, I'm like, oh, there's the lawn chairs, but there's no smudge pot. Freaking gone. So I went around looking everywhere for it. I'm like, well, maybe someone moved it. Well, maybe it's over here. Gone. Like, gone. It's with the Lord. Seriously, someone yoinked it. Some straight up D bag dweeb came by mm-hmm. and was like, "Hey, free smudge pot," and took it from the middle of our camp. And these are not cheap. I paid good money for it. It wasn't worn. I was brand spanking new. So Zach posted something on one of our groups and was like, "Like hey, I said, we don't post a lot of negative stuff, but that was a like, real this BS a, move. This is kind of a, a downer of a move, and." Smudge Pot Direct, do you remember his name? Anyway, this dude from SmudgePotDirect.com. Brandon Larson. Brandon Larson. He reached out and was like, hey man, I got you covered. Get me your address. I'll send you a new one. I'm like, no way. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I know I can buy a new one from you. That's awesome. And he's like, no, seriously, give me your address. Screw thieves, I'm sending you a new one. And I'm like, this can't be real. So I messaged him. He's like, oh yeah, yep, as soon as you get, Monday, you get a new one. I'm like, well, I, 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 I'll buy it. He's like, nope. Sent me a freaking brand spanking new smudge pot. Holy crap! Within like, like it was here like Tuesday. Yeah, it He's, almost beat us shipped, home. It shipped out Monday and it was here Tuesday. Literally, I can't. Like I said, guys, know who supports us. No, well, Miles is always talking about this. Support those who support us. And let me tell you right now, resoundingly. SmudgePotDirect.com and AGM Jacks are two brands that do support us unconditionally. 
And guess what? I'm lifetime customer of both of them now. The the stolen smudge pot was easily top three worst parts of our hammers trip. Yeah. And it was immediately rectified by a guy that didn't even have to do that. Yeah. So kudos to those guys. Yeah. Um, we need to get them to the races. Yeah. It'd be fun to show them what we do. But uh, I was going to go in a little bit of a different direction. The company at KOH in the vendor area that I think does the best job, easily, hands down, Warren and Factor 55. Oh, my gosh. Yes, those Those guys. dudes almost, they, like, they won't take money. They'd yeah. rather just give you the stuff. Yeah. Like, dude, the, the amount of money that they give away at that to support their racers is unbelievable. We They're our best sponsor, easily. Yep. And uh, we can't think guys like that enough those are the vendors we want to go to while we're there yeah and uh and the taco stand guys and the ice cream stand people and the guy that had the french fry pizza thing that i oh that was good too (laughs) we're not dogging all the vendors don't take it that way because there are some fantastic there there were a few vendors there that they can just go pound sand and i hope they go bankrupt yeah and if you want to know who they were you can ask later uh, but I'm not going to put him out on blast because that's not the kind of guy that I am. But, uh, yeah, so we, we kind of made our rounds early in the week. Uh, I think once we really started qualifying and racing, we weren't really going around in Hammertown as much. No, once once, uh, once cars started pirouetting and rolling and bonking around then we got busy really fast you know one of the funnest booths uh they were there last year they were there again this year i love this booth that's the axial booth yeah the little rc off-road booth um i was told by my wife to not buy one i was told by my son to buy one and you listen to who'd you listen to huh i followed my heart i bought i bought another rc uh crawler and guess what parker freaking loves it and we came home, we were playing with both of them, he had one, I had the other, and uh, he let Mama drive it for a little bit, turns out she kind of thought it was fun too, so... Win, win. Yeah, win, win, win. win. So, uh, that's a great booth, those dudes are hustling, because oh that gosh. booth is always packed. Yeah. Like, some of these some of these vendors, I don't know what they do while they're there, but uh, some of those people are doing some serious work. And, and good for them. That's part of what we love about KOH, man. It's Hammertown and yep. the vendor area. But uh, Mid-America was set up. Um, oh, it was fun to hang out with those guys. Yep. You know, they don't have any actual uh, input into into King of the Hammers. Um, they really just came as a vendor and a support group. Um, they fed us all dinner one night. Yep. Chili with beans. I'm not going to hold it against them. But I am on uh, Team chip from rufus racing i don't like beans in my chili uh see i like beans in my yeah chili. well i need the fiber you have issues i, but, I need it uh, they gave us a great dinner uh nice little party one night and uh <clears throat> they had a really sweet vip area right on the start finish line oh yeah uh those guys are great we hung out with alan we hung out with miles and pam uh met uh some other announcers that they had that we don't haven't had on the show yet. Yep. They had a lot of announcers this year, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, we even got to pit for Joey Beck. Yep. Uh, if you go back and listen, you know, we had Joey on right after the MAO Ultra 4 purchase. 
Uh, he asked us to fuel for him during the UTV race. Uh, dude had a great race. Also in a Pro-R, but built by S3, uh, Dustin Battleaxe Jones' company. Um, he finished just a couple spots in front of us, but uh, yeah, we got to fuel for him uh, right in front of the MAO VIP area. That was awesome. Which was pretty sweet, man. Um, yeah. We saw our buddy Matt Holt up there. He kept giving us shout-outs. Oh, heck yeah, Matt. We love you. Matt's like the loud kid at the party that like you're totally friends with. That you're like, oh hey Matt, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay, hey man, okay, well, yep. Yeah. Oh, at one time you got you, Zach, you lost your freaking bananas with me because of Matt. <laughs> well, you made me stand on a corner in Hammertown for like thirty five minutes waiting. Well, that's because I had to go find stuff or what was oh, happening, and, and our then phones I, wouldn't work, and, and we I didn't have our radios. Matt, and Matt was, I'm trying to get information from him, and then I'm like, dude. You were freaking level 10 I was pissed, pissed, man. Because I left you on a corner. And then you found out the reason was was because Matt and you weren't so mad. And no. then you got to say hi to him and it was all better. Yeah. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Matt was good to us at the race. Um, dude, he even interviewed Joe Gould uh, yeah. at pit one in the race. Like, yeah. That was great. Nate set that all up. Nate Owens and his buddies were our pit one guys. And uh, yeah, while we're talking about Nate, check him out, look him up. He's got this new venture he's got started, Crew Life 1776, I believe is what he's calling Crew it. Crew Life with a K. Yes, Crew with a K. Um, check him out. He's trying to, I think, uh, document experiences of people coming to Hammers, not necessarily like racers or or anything like that, but just like, hey, you're a new person that's never been here before. What do you think about this? Yeah, he brought a couple of buddies that had never been. Yep. Trying just trying to get more exposure to kind of the 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 family that is uh King of the Hammers and then even bigger than that Ultra 4. Well, and even bigger than that is motorsports, okay? Cuz like I think they got like dirt bikes and stuff. So I'm definitely not a motocross guy, let alone dirt bike. Those big four-strokers, man, you get a big four-whatever, C400-some CC four-stroke, and my fat little legs, I can't get on there and kickstart those big sons of guns. So. I mean, dude, you can barely ride that Grom. I, you remember when you <laughs> freaking fell on top of me? Dude. Ugh. We were at the BFG tent. Zach, you did not have good luck with your shins this trip. Dude pulls up next to me and literally just dumps the bike <laughs> and his whole body on top of me. me. <coughs> Ridiculous. I had a valid excuse. I don't remember what it was right now, but there was a, a good reason I did it. I don't remember. Yeah, because you lost your balance, man, because you're just terribly uncoordinated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie with you there. <clears throat> but we met some cool people. Like, for me, I'm kind of a... I, I spend all my time on YouTube when it comes to, like multimedia entertainment some people watch tv i'm on youtube some of the biggest people i follow i follow fab rats matt's off-road recovery mischief maker jk um i got to meet paul with fab rats and and the the whole fab rats crew and then uh i met matt and tom tom and got to see the off-road record that was pretty darn cool uh got to meet holly in the driver's meeting um that was pretty cool like it's just cool seeing all the people there got to experience ultra three for the first time oh dude that was a trip wowsville like 
not even planet Earth at the at the moment. We walked up there, Zach and I did. And we we it actually was like the state fair, like all on, jammed into a tiny little spot. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. We watched uh, uh, Kyle Seglin, right? Yeah, he we watched Boston him, Kyle. We watched him get crowned king of of the Ultra Three, king of the mo or the three wheelers or whatever. That was cool. They got this giant like Christmas tree structure that's lit up with a. Uh, weird cage in the middle of it and shooting flames out the top and then this death race for little 75 cc three-wheelers that go around in a circle it's crazy dude yeah crazy um man we are all over the place we are we are we we've got we need there's one thing that we've kind of missed so far okay what is that so uh you know we all got in there i think uh nate was the last guy to kind of pull in with his crew his buddy austin and Kurt came with them. Austin and Kurt had never been there, like we said. Man, those dudes were sweet to have around camp. And uh, then we had Adam pull up. Adam Hemrick, uh, Robert Taylor's co-driver. Yeah, uh, you know, good. he came and yeah, hung yeah. out with us. And we had uh, Brian Williams from South Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had him on the show. He camped with us. Uh, we had Kahi's whole group. We had Rich's group. We had. Uh, Josh Smith and his group. We had Kyle Taggart and his group. Kyle and Chrissy Taggart. Uh, man, we had. I, I think at one point we had at least forty people mm-hmm. in our little area, and uh, we all got in there. We all got settled, and I think it was maybe Sunday or Monday morning. Uh, Jeff got in the car. He Jeff did make it to Hammers. He came with Joe a couple yeah. days later. Back was feeling a little bit better, but not all the way there. He got in the race car for like 10 minutes to adjust some seat belts and mess with the GPS. And uh, it, dude just couldn't get out of the car. <clears throat> like the back was not better. So he, we help him out, and he basically has to go up to Joe and tell him, like, look, I can't do this, man. I can't co-drive for you. I can't, I can't get in and out of the car. There's no way I'm going to be able to winch you or direct you or do anything. So Joe made a... Joe had to make the executive decision. Well, there was one guy that wasn't at our camp yet. He was on his way, and he, again, he was just like these other dudes. He was just coming uh, to help because he's part of the OG Champ and Hypoxic Racing group that started all this for us, and uh, that was Carter Peterson. Mm-hmm. And Joe said, call up Carter right now and see if he can bring his race stuff. Because Carter has co-drove uh, with his dad, Matt, and yep. Champ. And... Uh, Carter was has never finished. Uh, Matt finished, but he had our buddy Chase as his co-driver. So Carter was kind of like the the lone wolf that hadn't got that finish yet. Dan's finished. Josh is finished. All those guys. And uh, so I called up Carter and I texted him and I was like, "Hey man, can you bring your race stuff?" And he's just like, "Why? Why do I need to bring my race stuff? What are you telling me? Don't don't get my hopes up." And I was like, "Man, we need a co-driver." And we you know if you want to do it like you're the guy and uh i think i could hear him via text peeing his pants (laughs) yes like carter was so pumped that joe thought of him um you know like i said experienced co-driver um pretty good shape dude the guy's a freaking wildland firefighter you that's like the cream a la creme when it comes to fitness because all they do all they do is they walk up the sides of mountains and dig trenches for miles. 
Like they're they're the fittest people on on the yeah. face of the planet. So uh, Carter's got a big beard. Carter hadn't left yet, so he grabbed his stuff, and uh, that was going to be the co-driver for Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab for KOH. Turned out to be uh, a great addition. I mean, like I said, he was already going to come and help us anyway, but uh, man, he he gelled with Joe pretty quick. They had never been in the car together. Um, we had to readjust all the belts and the seat for him. Um, no big deal. But he had never been in this car. Um, it had been a couple years since he'd even raced at Hammers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that dude saved our bacon big time by stepping up and getting the car. So that really completed our group, man. Like I said, I think at one point we were about 40-ish, give or take a little bit. Um, now, keep in mind, we're not a big operation like some of these. We don't feed everybody mm-hmm. Um, we don't really, we just kind of give a handful of teams a place to all stay together and work together and pool our resources. Um, so it's really like five teams camping next to each other and helping each other out as opposed to one of these big, uh, sites where they bring in a chef and they do all that stuff. That's pretty cool, but that is definitely not how circle town works. Yeah. Um, and it seems to work well for us, man. One thing, like I said, the, the couple things that made our lives amazing was one, we uh, we rented a porta potty. Oh, great addition, I, we, Josh Smith. That was his idea. Yes, shout out to Smith Brother Racing and the genius that is the porta potty. We locked ours because the minute we dude set the up, minute people started walking off of Laser Nut Lane. Walking through our camp, through the camp, it. some dweeb, some older guy. Granted, he his wife was a fairly attractive, so they're walking through. He's like, I, I, I'm stopping real quick. This is pre lock. He goes in and closes it. I'm like, Oh, uh, this is a private porta potty. He's like, Oh, hey, thanks, thanks. And he goes in it. So I'm standing there looking at his wife, and I'm like, Oh, you were giving the stink. I'm like, Hey. You know this is this is our porta potty, and she kind of just chuckles and starts walking away, and I'm like like walking behind her, and I'm like, uh, you know that's our porta potty, and she walks faster, and then so I just kind of let her keep going, and then he came out, and I'm like, hey, how'd you like that private porta potty, and he's like, oh, it was great, thanks so much. Literally went in it before we did, and then and then the dude comes back through again later on in the week, after we'd locked it. And he's, like, annoyed we put a lock on it. And this is in the middle of Circle Town, next to our camper. Like, it's, like, not just in the open. Dude, so this brings me to the second strike for KOH this year. We camp uh, behind the Monster Energy stage, right? Smaller than the other side. Usually all the same people. We know a lot of the guys that camp over there. We always have a walkway next to the stage for us to get into the vendor area. Well, it's we don't have it. There's always a walkway that I believe it's been put there by Hammer King yeah. Production. Between whoever's the, in charge Between of that. the stage and the first vendor, there's always a six-foot gap for people to walk in and out of Hammertown and come to the campground that we're in. Yep. Non-existent this year. Yep. <laughs> which meant that you had to walk all the way to one corner or the other to get into our campground, which is in Hammertown. We are in the fenced area. Yeah. 
So what that led to, because we're all a bunch of racers and we're all super smart and really lazy, <laughs> is all of us just making holes in the fence. Which also led then to people walking through other people's campsites. Um, Dude, I we have never... And we Never. made it. We made it super hard, dude. We literally we backed trailer gates up to hitches, shoved our motorcycles in there, generators, a porta potty, and so people then to walk through our camp. They're not just like like one or two people. Oops, sorry. I'm just gonna cut on through. We're talking like a dozen people a day, physically moving our groms out of the way. One guy was like having to like awkwardly ne- negotiate between a hitch and a grom and, and we're all sitting there looking at him yeah like so what are you doing man like literally a dozen people a day walking through camp cutting because there's no official walkways so everybody just went wild west there is though that's the thing there's streets in hammertown no but, no i'm talking about getting into like oh, the yeah. vendor area. no official walkway yes. so everyone's just wild westing the metal gates and at one point, the security is like, hey, we're going to put band clamps on each gate panel. Dude, literally a thousand hose clamps. Yes. Next morning, pretty much every single one had been removed. I'm sure there were a couple of teams that needed those hose clamps. Yeah. So, so here's, free, here's, free the, parts. here's part B of that. We have streets in Hammertown. Yeah. The lines are pretty obvious where the spots are. We do our darndest to stay within our lines. Most people do. But because we're behind the monster energy stage and there is some entertainment and some high vip level guests coming in and out typically a couple of those streets by us do get some vehicles parked in them during the day i'm not like talking about parked on the side i'm like they literally park in the middle of the street and block it for everybody but late afternoon evening time rolls around and those vehicles all go away there were literally two campsites next to us now keep in mind we have a 40 by 80 foot camp spot you are told that you have to stay in the lines they had people show up and they literally parked entire campers and trucks motorhomes in the street set up the class a motorhome just willy-nilly in the street and it wasn't because their spot was full it was because they wanted a bigger gap between them and the person in the spot next to them so so imagine going to a campground with a paved concrete spot and you're like, boy, that'd make a nice patio area. And you park your camper in the grass next to the concrete at the campground. So Ridiculous. It's just, it's just really annoying when we do our best to follow the rules, stay within the lines, we pay our money for our stuff, and, and there's big old motorhomes that are just parked like it's the Wild West in the middle of nowhere. And then guess what? The street's too narrow to drive two cars, like, east and west. Because there's no room, because everyone's parked out, like, six deep. So... <laughs> Hammers needs to do. Hammers and then you go to the to you go something. to the campground on the other side of Hammertown. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be an issue. Yeah. Like no one parks like jerkwads on that side. Yeah. So it's I think it's just what hitting. that what that all led to no enforcement of the campsites no walkway people cutting through camps was it led to people walking through our camp and stealing, stealing your smudge stealing my smudge pot. So full <coughs> full circle here. If you stole my smudge pot, I hope you're having a nice hot fire out of that sucker and it's just chooching along and a drop of moisture hits it and it boils over and it burns the flesh off your body. That's what I hope happens. 
You gotta be a really bad person to just steal somebody's smudge pot. Like the worst. And it smudge pots aren't the easiest things oh, to carry. Oh, this is around. the most awkward thing we had to pack and take. Yeah. So that was that was I guess the the only silver lining is we didn't have to pack yeah. and take the smud the greasy smudge pot home. But I would have preferred to take it home. Yeah. Anyway, so those, there's, I don't those even know how f- we got there. Those were a few negatives, but understand that those few negatives were far outweighed by just the oh, epic, magical properties man. of the whole thing. Like, literally, it is my favorite time of the year, my favorite event of the year. Like, our I, favorite people. I get to see some, some of these people I only see once a year, and I love these people out there. You know, like. It's just, oh my gosh, I'm going to just sit here blabbering about how awesome it is, because well, I and, love it. And and an awesome bonus to this podcast is we've made a lot of connections, and we get to go visit with all these guys and their crews and their families at the races, Yeah, and it just makes it more family for us, right? Like, Dwayne Gerritsen, man, like, we live three states away from Dwayne, but we see him at the races, we always get to talk to him. Dude freaking wins his class, the 4500 race and the EMC race. And, like, we get to go over there when he's done and shake his hand and see his trophy. And he's proud of that, man. And he's one of our guys, right? Like, we love to see and talk to Dwayne. And when we go over there, everybody's so friendly. Same thing with with Dan and Jeremy and and those guys. Yeah. You know, Doc Jones won the whole EMC race. Those are our people. Like, these are, like... Guys that we are fortunate enough to be friends with um, because they're cool dudes and they put up with us for some reason. We we did know a lot of guys taking trophies home this yeah, year. Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. Like, I, I fanboy over off-road racing, and so when I get to come to an event like this and, and people do well, and I get to, like, shake their hand, and there's some recognition of, like, oh, yeah, that's Hopper. Like, that's freaking awesome to me. Also, I know people who had really tough runs oh, who were out man. after dark. And I, I like th- those are my heroes, like these guys that are just out there thrashing and it's dark and it's cold and they're exhausted and they're just still going. And the only reason they're stopping is because of time being up or their car just blew up. I mean, like, should should we go into like our race review? Like I don't think we need to. That's I mean, we're at an hour already. We could go for like three more. Hours. Well, well, we'll just give you a quick recap of what the teams that we worked with, how they yeah. did. <laughs> like I said, we worked with five UTV teams. Um, Joe Gould, obviously. Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab. Joe uh, had a little mishap during qualifying. No biggie. We're used to it. Uh, we screamed and yelled for five minutes. We sang Kumbaya after. Ended up qualifying mid pack mid to backpack um i can't remember what place 60s 70s maybe um so we started in front of 30 cars that was good that was that was a victory that's where we wanted to be um realistically so joe gould started the race uh had a good desert lap uh took it nice and steady didn't have any issues um had a good rock lap and uh man the 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 no doubt highlight of our trip, Joe crossed that finish line. Oh my gosh. His when, second hammers and he finished the race. Dude, when Joe and Carter were, were heading that direction and we're like, oh, oh, we kind of started realizing what was going on. Like, 
the emotions. Oh my gosh. It was pretty awesome. It was so cool. It was so freaking cool. So uh, Joe finished. Uh, they got to give a speech. Carter gave an awesome speech. Made his dad cry. Yeah. We all love it when Matt cries. Um, but it was just fun, man. And it was just like, for all of us that have worked on that car and you know we've been to a few of these now, I mean, it was just good to see Joe finish and have a solid run, dude. He was saying, you know, this Pro R is so good. It's so solid. This He called it a tractor. This car will go up anything. Part of that is, and I don't know if we even told him this, but he really took good care of it. Joe did a really great job. Joe, he, and here, here's the other thing. This is a bit of a, a side note here. You know, Joe's been consistent with the Ultra 4 circuit. Like, that's our family, right? That's our, our race circuit we do. He's been to all the races. He's put in the seat time. Granted, this is a new car. But, like, that's the key to success is seat time. And as Joe's been doing that, he's been kicking butt. He's he's figuring out, you know, how to get seat time. And like I said, he didn't pre-run a lot this year. No. But he he did what he needed to do, and he saved well, the was, car. And he took was, care of the car. Like I said, that was kind of the strategy was like, well... We're seeing all these other cars blow up and pre-running. Let's be a little more conservative. Yeah. Now, the, the Pro R is a great car. I'm super impressed with it. But, yeah. like I said, I'm also impressed with how he took care of it. He put one scratch in the door, and one ding, and, like, that was it. Dude, no, we didn't break a single bolt yeah. um, paint line on that thing. Yeah. I mean, that car all was... All the torque checks were still intact. That car came back the way it left, and uh, that's a testament to the car and the driver and the co-driver. I think Carter had to winch him three times, um, and, and... Well, on top of it, Joe picked really solid parts to build it with. Yeah. You know, Joe knew what he was doing when he looked for CT and some of these other vendors that have stuff out there that he'd selected... Joe selected some of the best stuff you can buy. Yeah. Now, uh, he did get stuck in traffic a couple of times, uh, which was our Achilles heel last year. You know, we just got really stuck in traffic and just could not get moving in time. And he, him and Carter worked their way through it this year, um, which I think is a big reason why the finishers finish, because it's not necessarily that they can go fast in the desert or go smooth in the rocks. It's because they can negotiate the traffic jams. That's what screws people up. So uh, Joe finished. Uh, Josh Smith, Smith Brother Racing, uh, had high hopes. He was going to race in the UTV race Thursday. He was going to turn his car over and race it again on Saturday in the 4400 race. He had uh, new car blues, uh, some power steering issues, um, and it just it wasn't a raceable car is what it, what it sounded like. And so he made it to remote pit two uh, and called it. Um, Rich Birch. Like I said, it was a victory, man, just getting that guy to the line. Like, he, he should be proud of just starting the race on uh, the condition his car had been in. But we, we all got it back together. He ran really good, um, made it about halfway through the second lap, the rock lap, and had a, had a uniball failure, a ball joint failure. Um, the dude freaking walked from Chocolate Thunder all the way back to camp to get the part to fix it. And they got back, he walked. Came all the way back to his car, got it fixed. Him and his co-driver Cody, uh, Cody Quattlebaum, everybody knows Cody, and uh, they got it fixed. And they got halfway down the next trail, and they got stuck in the traffic. They got bit by the traffic bug. I think if he hadn't gotten stuck in traffic in that particular spot, 
he had a strong potential to finish within the time frame. Uh, John Cahy, man, those guys, like I said earlier, they hustled. They had a good race. But as soon as he got into the rock lap, uh, they had some kind of part failure. Um, they could not engage their four-wheel drive. And I think he made it about halfway into the first real rock trail and realized they had a problem. And his day was pretty much over. He spent about four hours trying to get out of that pickle. Um, but he, he abandoned the race. He made it back in one piece. Um and then our buddy Kyle Taggart, man, the rookie. The, the, he was part of the rookie program. He was a rookie with this group. Um, he did super good. Him and Joe were like, they started about 20 places apart at the beginning, but they were constantly uh, passing each other in the race physically. Um, they were pitting at the same time, um, about the same pace. And the same thing, man. He just got kind of jammed up in traffic, and he blew out a CV axle, and they didn't uh, they didn't have that particular axle on the back of the car. Um, lesson learned. I mean, it's happened to people before, um, but even then, once they did get the correct axle, it was. I think he told me he'd messaged me a couple days ago and told me they just now got the bad axle off. Wow. That's how stuck in there it was. Dang. Um, so even if he had had it, I don't know if he would have been able to fix it in the field. Um, but great experience for him. I know he took a lot of notes away. Um, they got pretty far, too. They were in the rocks. So Thursday wrapped up, man. We had we had one finisher out of five, and that was Joe. And, man, at the end of the day, that's the car we helped build. So I think we were pretty happy with that. Yep. yep. We, uh, we celebrated a little bit. Um, Twisted T's were had. Yeah, not, I don't know. I, I didn't have any of those. Yeah, you didn't. I did. Yeah. Because you're a weenie. <coughs> Friday, we uh, we were going to help out Chuck Crossland, and uh, he got it covered. We talked to him Thursday night, and he said, hey, man, I'm good. You guys take the day off, because he knew we were pitting on Saturday's race. And uh, he had kind of an exciting race. I guess he uh, totally destroyed an axle somehow, like <laughs> like broke it. Yeah. Like not the like not the in part inside part of the axle, like the outside part. Tube. Yeah, the tube just broke. But hey, you know, he's a hard racer, and he's dealing with a lot of horsepower. Yeah, he does have a lot of horsepower. When you got twin turbskis breathing the air of life into your freaking block, then uh, it's it's harder to hang on to parts. Yep. But, you know, I read his post-race um, story, and he said, you know, like, things break, and this had never broke before, and it'll probably never break again. It happens. Yeah. You know, that's a that's part of Hammers. So Friday, we didn't really have much to do. We went to San Bernardino. We picked up that axle for uh, John Cahy's Ford, and uh, we got to eat. Uh, in a restaurant in an actual town for the first time in like 10 days. That was cool. It was nice. Uh, the freaking win of the week. Oh, yes. This is going to be YouTube gold. I can't <laughs> wait until you put this in. For all the shit that we gave Jeff, man, for sneezing and hurting his back and being a cripple all week, the dude spots the greatest find on a side 
Road in of San Bernardino. Industrial San yeah. Bernardino. A freaking brand new sombrero. Family heirloom grade sombrero. This thing is beautiful. Slammed on the brakes, flipped to 180, shoved Hopper out of the truck while we were still moving to get this thing because we didn't want somebody else picking up this thing. Because it was like a one-way with the median, so I bailed out as they went on to the nearest stoplight <coughs> so they could flip a Yui and come around and pick me back up. We instantly realized that we were not in a spot where we could turn around, and we had to make like... 15 more turns, <laughs> and it took us 10 mi- minutes to get back to Hopper. So I'm standing there, sombrero in hand, in San Bernardino, like just just a, a man amongst men hanging out on the side of the I'm road. I'm pretty sure you thought we left you. Here's the kicker. I had left my cell phone inside the truck. <laughs> so all I had was my, my camera to film it. And so I'm just like, eh, I am a, I'm a local now. I have my sombrero. I will assimilate into the culture. I will become a uh, San Bernardinian or whatever they're called. And I was weirdly okay with that. And then I saw them come back like 10 minutes later. I was like, yeah, all right. I guess uh, I guess I don't have to worry about assimilation with the locals. My my fortune, the hat did not fit you or Jeff. Yeah. It, it almost kind of does fit me. Uh, I was happy to wear it, bring it home. It will make appearances at certain races. Uh, Hopper did a thorough test for those of you that are concerned. We saw no lice whatsoever. Or nits. Nope, nothing like that. I wore the hat several times since then. I've had no issues. His hair's beautiful, by the way. Well, let's not talk about people's hair. We said we weren't going to go there. (laughs) Hair's hair. Hair's Uh, hair. Anyway, so... Yeah, we found this freaking badass sombrero, dude, just laying in the curb. The Lord smiled upon us. Yes. For all the parts that we lost that are with the Lord now, that hat is now with Dumpster Fire Off-Road. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah, that was like the victory of Friday. That and I think I actually took a nap Friday afternoon when we got back. Yep, you did. It was pretty awesome. You also took a nap Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, so that kicks us over to uh, Saturday. We were trying to make this quick. Sorry, yeah. guys. But uh, Saturday, 4,400 day. We have never stayed for the 4,400 race. Yeah. We usually leave right after all the cars take off. Um, but this year, we were asked to help out with uh, two teams, four drivers. Uh, Tom Prendergast at uh, Fire River Racing. Good buddy. Uh, we see those guys all the time because they're just down the road. Stay tuned because he's going to be helping us out a little bit on yep. the uh, the new forty nine fifty six, and uh, Tom Prendergast had that new car, uh, the Eurofighter. Is that what they called that? I think so. Uh, sister car to Levi Shirley's, um, dude. I know Tom had a long week. New car blues, working some bugs out, but that car looks freaking sick. Yeah, once it's dialed in, that thing's going to be unstoppable <coughs> and once he puts it his little touch on a few certain things uh, i know there's some changes he wants to make yeah. and like i said once awesome. styled in so uh we pitted for tom um tom's old car uh was being driven by joe gatlin with uh proving grounds racing uh so we helped joe out and proving grounds which means we were also helping pit for john grounds and uh Man, those dudes, we love going by their tent because they're a riot. 
Um, and then, of course, we were pitting for, we cannot forget, and definitely not least of the group, the rookie, Randy Burke. Mm-hmm. Co-driver for Chuck Crossland on Friday. Driver for Chuck Crossland on Saturday. Um, let's be honest, Chuck looked pretty good in that co-dog seat, man. Yeah, I did. I heard, and I've messaged, rumor is that was Chuck's first time to ever make it to remote pit, too. Wow. Was in the race on Saturday. Dang. So uh, maybe maybe he should just, uh, like, Randy is like the driving Miss Daisy, and, <laughs> and Chuck is like Miss Daisy, right? Is yes. that the name of the movie? Yes. But uh, great group of guys. We love those four teams. Those cars are all awesome. And then in- inevitably, once you're on pit row i mean i've never pitted really anywhere but remote two um well and main pit but remote two is you kind of get out there and as the day wears on some of these other teams start losing some people like it, it the dynamic changes so if you've got a fuel suit on if you're ready for fueling you might be running up pit row helping other teams do some fueling so it was kind of fun because we got to help in the pits of some other teams, um, just running back and forth. Got to say hi to a few people. Um, at one point, Zach fell asleep. And I totally took a nap inside my fire suit. He was all warm and cozy, and then the team next to us <coughs> were like, hey, we need a hand with fuel. So I woke Zach up, and he was a little little perturbed. But, Zach, we got work to do. Come on, boy. So he jumped in, and it was, like I said, it was fun. We got to help a whole bunch of different people besides who we were actually helping um it it was a blast man it is a long day when you're sitting out there at remote pit two if we didn't have the starlink um it would have been even rougher um but it was it was a fun day man we get to see tons of people out there um dude the only complaint i had well i guess this was more of a universal complaint and complaining doesn't really help anything because it is what it is. But the wind, Oh my gosh, it was rough out there. The wind kicked up. We were about 12 days into the trip at that point too. Oh, It was so annoying. It got cold. It was really cold and really windy. And then the, just the dust was incessant. It wouldn't stop. And I had my contacts in and it was like, so next year I'm bringing ski goggles. Or dust goggles, whatever they're called. Like, I saw a lot of people wearing them around. I saw people wearing masks, and I was like, oh, masks. Why would they wear such a thing? Oh, yeah, because of the dust. Well, that's It would actually have been applicable to the situation. That's what cigarettes are good for, because every time you take a drag, it's going uh through a filter. Good stuff. So, uh, Saturday, our our race was a little different. Like I said, we had these four cars. Um... John Grounds, uh, he had his co-driver, Marvin Stammel. Uh, some of you guys know Marvin from the... Uh, Is it Flex Rock Rollovers? Yeah, YouTube he's got channel? a very popular YouTube channel, yeah. Flex Rocks and Rollovers. Awesome stuff. 24 hours of hell and back is their thing. Um, we got to hang out with Marvin a little bit. You helped him a lot with GoPro stuff. Super cool dude. Yep. But uh, John and Marvin uh, broke at the tail end of the desert lap. Um, and they were out pretty quick. Uh, Tom Printergast also broke. I think he blew out a seal on his steering rack. Yeah, um, something like that. He finished uh, the desert lap and it was done. So really, like those two guys, like we never even saw them all day. 
Yeah. Um, at that point, we were pretty much pitting for Joe Gatlin and Cody uh, Quattlebaum in the Fire River racing car, and we were pitting for Randy Burke and Chuck Crossland in the uh, shitbox Toyota. Yeah. And, uh, man, those dudes are good racers, but they're they're not on pace. Like, what was the winning time? Like, six hours? The winning time was stupid for yeah. us. That's just not what these guys are racing for. And so we we hunkered down. We knew it was going to be a long day. Uh, Randy ended up completing two of the three laps. So he did the desert lap and the first rock lap, and he timed out. Uh, but he timed out at the finish line, and his car was run, his truck was running. Dude, he built that thing in like six months. A lot of blood, sweat, tears, and dollar bills went into that thing. DOM, a lot of DOM tubing. Holy moly. He was ecstatic, I think, about finishing two out of the three laps. Yeah. Especially for his first time driving. So success for him, I think, is what we all considered that. Uh, Joe and Cody, man, you know, they, they would have a good day. They would get a good pace going and then they just, they get stuck in traffic. They got bit by that traffic bug. So bad. Oh my gosh. The traffic bug was brutal for them. So they, uh, they, they, where were we at? Were we, they were on lap three. Yeah, they were, they made it to lap three, uh, and they were going into the sand hill and they broke a front drive shaft. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, that front drive shaft was with us in the pits. Um, I say unfortunately. That the good news was they could see us. Yeah. It was only a couple miles. And Cody, poor Cody, man. That dude probably hustled more than any other co-driver Gosh. we were working with. He walked, ran, jogged, crawled, whatever, all the way to remote pit two, got the drive shaft, got it over there. He told me that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was he had to walk all the way up the sand hill. Oh, and I hate walking and Carrying that drive shaft. Yeah. And uh, him and Joe got it fixed. Um, they still were not technically timed out, and they were on lap three. So after fixing it, you know, it was already dark. And uh, Joe said, man, I'm going to keep going. Like, I, we can do this. And I'm never going to knock a guy for not wanting to quit. Like, good on Joe and Cody for pushing on. Uh, they got over to King's Veto, and I know they were a little worried about it. King's Veto was a cluster all day long. Uh, it was pretty much cleared out by the time they got there, but it was dark. Uh, they were winching. You know, it was worst-case scenario, and just as they got to the top of King's Veto... Uh, they they timed out. It was 10 o'clock uh, p.m. The race started at 8 a.m. It's a 14-hour time limit. So they got to the top of King's Veto. They turned around. They drove back down, and they came and saw us in a remote pit, too. And it was sad, but it was also pretty badass because those dudes worked, and they fought for every mile on that trail that day. So good for them. Um, I think Joe's going to get a good points finish. Um. But he was, yeah, he was the farthest one we got on mm. Saturday. So we didn't pit for any finishers, but we helped a bunch of dudes in the pit, like Hopper said. It was just a great day. It was a long day. We were a little exhausted when we got back. We found the smudge pot had been stolen. It was a bit uh, disheartening. But we were already all packed up and loaded. And yeah. so we pulled out of Hammertown Saturday night after the big race uh right around midnight yep which is about what we expected um and we made it to barstow and 
We spent the night in a seedy hotel slash parking lot. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was great. I mean there was fur on the bathroom floor of human nature, maybe. Uh, I slept in the camper because I was afraid somebody was going to steal it. He was afraid that someone was... And then we woke up and there was, like, this dude rummaging through trash right next to it. Like, I, it was it was really weird. But yeah. be, it's California. What do you expect? Weird stuff's going to happen. At this point, we were all starting to get sick. We were all ready to be home. Yeah. Dude, three adult males in a 26-foot toy hauler for 12 days... Like, we did exceptionally well. But then, on the way back, your taste in music took a serious nosedive. Not a nosedive. So, for those of you who don't know, Zach is like an ancient soul. He is, he's a good dude. He has got a heart of gold. But it's like a, I don't know, a 72-year-old heart of gold. Like, inside, trapped inside a 40-year-old body. So the dude, all he wanted to listen to on the way back was 60s gold on satellite radio. They call it gold for a reason, man. Freaking doo-wop, shoe-wop. Like, the guy, I'm like, I feel like I'm morphing into freaking Elvis Presley in the back seat. I'm like, oh my god. I gosh. let you listen to NSYNC and Backstreet the whole way down there. And I didn't object. Listen, it was catchy. Listen, the music, music quality... Did not peak at that time. It peaked in the eighties and has been oh, slowly that is, downhill that is ever since. Definitely not. Because like my, my three here's my three stations on satellite radio. <coughs> I have satellite radio in all my rigs. The three my three station eighties on eight, nineties on nine, and octane. Those are my three stations. The trifecta, the holy triune deity of music. Next time I'm gonna make you listen to NASCAR radio the whole way. So. Side note, I went to physical therapy tonight. I got this shoulder that hurts, blah, 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 whatever. And so there's a nice young lady who's my physical therapist. And she's asking questions. I'm like complaining, like, because lift, you know, slang and fuel, these big, these big hundred pound, 11 gallon cans. Which, by the way, we did a freaking awesome job of fueling all nine of those cars. Yeah, we did. But still, we had it down. My shoulder was kind of torqued afterwards because i went into this with shoulder problems and then you have people like joe gatlin with his freaking man car oh my god and his fuel port is like 18 feet up in the air i'm like holy moly i need a step stool so i'm trying to hold this like you know if you got 11 gallons of of fuel i don't know 12 gallons whatever water's 8.34 gallons or pounds per gallon what is the specific gravity of race fuel? I don't know. But anyway, you can calculate. You're looking at 100-ish pounds of fuel that you're trying to hold we, up. We uh, we had a system. We did, and it worked great. Anyway, circling back around to where I was going, so I was talking to this nice therapist gal. She's big into NASCAR and uh, didn't know anything about off-road racing. As she should be as a true American. So I was like, well, I guess I need to like talk to Zach and get some pointers on NASCAR-isms. So I can find some common ground with her. Raise hell, praise Dale. <laughs> Amen, brother. <clears throat> so. I mean, that was really, that was, the trip home was pretty uneventful for oh, us. Oh, and then we, we, so going back to the beginning, we got stood up in Barstow. <laughs> 
Oh, no, yeah. It was a bar still? Yeah, we were going to buy the part to fix my RV yeah, toilet. Yeah, so we, we get a hold of this RV parts dealership in Barstow, and the dude's like, I'm not open, but if you text me, that's like what his website said. So we texted him. He's like, oh, yeah, I got the part. Got the, the guy part. responded immediately and multiple times to your text. Yeah, he's like, yeah, come on by. I'll meet you. Just show on up. I'll meet you. So then I, then I was like, hey, before we show up for this part, what's it going to cost to make sure I got the money? He never responded. We show up. We're like pounding on his door. Lights are on. Lights are on. The front door's dummy locked. Never showed up. Got to go on a historic tour of like locals only. Route 66 Barstow. Barstow. That was cool, but dude flaked on us. Yeah, that was totally random. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, pretty uneventful. Uh. So back to the ride home. Hi- highlight of another highlight of the trip. Starlink. We've mentioned this uh, several times. Dude, game changer. In Remote Pit, we could watch the live feed and our trackers worked excellent. I brought my little 27 inch flat screen yep. TV and we were watching watching all the action. People, people were thought we were being ridiculous when we were bringing a TV and a generator to the pit. And then all those people ended up at the back of our truck watching that TV. I mean, it worked out great. On top of just being at the pits, we used the thing while we were in Hammertown. Um, thousands of people had their Starlinks there. We were not sure how this was going to work. No issues. All of our Starlinks worked great. One guy even told us he had 60 people on his Starlink, and it wasn't even slowing down. Yeah. I don't know if I totally buy that, but we had, like, six. And, uh, dude, biggest thing is our cell phones worked. Yep. Whenever we, could, we had it on. Yep. And we could watch the live feeds of the races and the qualifying uh, at the camper. Yeah. I mean, it was just super convenient. Um, my Starlink did take a crap uh, towards the end of the trip. The motor stopped working. So yeah. we, we just ballparked uh, the angle based off of other Starlinks. And it, it worked good enough. Like, it still totally worked. But the motor failed and it wouldn't self-align. So I think <clears throat> it was the dust. Oh, dude. So, so I, I hit the help button on my Starlink app and they looked at the what well, what it was doing and they said we'll send you a brand new one and uh, you just put your old one in the box and send it back. No charge. They paid for shipping and everything. I got the new one sitting here already. Freaking awesome. I wiped down the old one before I put it back in the box. Freaking. Filthy. I hope no one listens from Starlink, but they're gonna probably open that thing up to see why the motor went bad, and they're gonna be like, "What? Where were these?" They're gonna be like, at? "Yo, Elon, come down here, check this out. <laughs> There's, There's like a freaking beaver dam of mud in here. Eighteen pounds of dust in this yeah. Starlink." But uh, super happy with how that worked, man. That's that's a game changer for us. Uh, like I said, the single greatest thing was being able to watch the live yep. feed and have a tracker that functioned. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to tell about my carjacking I was Oh my in. gosh, we alluded to this uh, and we totally forgot. So Top part, 5 story of all hammers. Partway through the week semi-verified, not 100% verified. There is some footage that will be on my YouTube. It's not the best footage because the guy did not want to be filmed understandably. Seems so. convenient to me, but whatever. So it's like Midnight, one o'clock, you know, I'm like a case of twisted teas deep. Not really, but like I've had a few twisted teas. I'm sitting by my smudge pot. 
side note, everybody went to bed early the whole trip. And I'm like, it's like midnight. I'm like hanging out by myself, me and my smudge Early, pot. yeah. We were going to bed at 11, 11.30 every night. Anyway. And you complained about it. So I'm out there, and some dude overusing the term bro. Like, he uses use, use the word bro like a scary amount. But he stumbles into camp. Again, stranger in the middle of our camp. Middle of circle town, like tripping over the groms. He's like, bro, I just, I got to get, I got to get home, bro. And I locked myself out of my car, bro. Do you got like a coat hanger? Bro, I just need some help. Like, like I said, using the word bro, like a scary amount of times. So finally I'm like, oh, this dweeb's not going to leave us alone. I'm just going to go over there and see what I can do. So I walk over there and he's got like a 2005 Chevy Malibu sedan. And he's like, bro, we just got to break in. And I like look inside this car and his keys are sitting on his seat. And there's like 18 bongs and six dab rigs and like a weird assortment of garden tools in the back seat. This guy was obviously not a racer. The dude's not a racer. The dude's, like, tweaking on something. Like, he's just acting super weird. He's like, I gotta get back, man. I gotta get back. I gotta go to work in the morning, bro. So, I help him with my Leatherman. We freaking Jimmy open his trunk. He gets in the back and... What's in the trunk? The trunk is, like, chunks of pieces. Not full piece, Not full cinder blocks. But, like, parts of cinder blocks. It's full. I'm like, dude, and he's like trying to lay on. I'm like, let's pull them all out of your trunk. Why do you even have these in your trunk? He's like, bro, I built my own house, bro, and I'm building a basketball court out of these cinder blocks, bro. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is super weird. I'm like, well, here's what you got to do, man. You got to freaking kick back, kick down the seats, okay? (laughs) He's like, oh, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, they're just like little latches. Like, you kick him down, you can reach in and grab the door lock and unlock it, the back door. Otherwise, we're smashing out a window. And he's like, bro, I can't smash out a window, bro. So I make him pull out all the cinder block pieces so he can lay in the back. I'm holding the flashlight, and he's just going to town, freaking kicking, mule kicking the backs of these seats till one of them finally just, like, rips in half. And then he like sneaks <laughs> his hand in and and just unlocks the back door. And he's like, bro. <coughs> you alright over there, buddy? Oh, I'm he's, good. He's like, I'm bro, good. you got we're told I'm saved, bro. And and then he holds up like the cylinder full of weed. He's like, bro, smell these dank nuggies, bro. And he's like, shoves this thing of weed in my face. He's like, bro, you got to smoke some, bro. I'm like, no, man, I'm good. No, bro, I insist. This smell the dankness, bro. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So finally, I, I get him to, like, compose himself. And he leaves. And I walk back to camp. And I'm like, I totally just helped some dude jack a car. No, you. the way you told us the story the next morning was you helped a guy get in his car, and we said, no, you helped that guy steal that car. Yeah, he stole his own car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anybody's missing a, uh, what kind of car Early was it? 2000 Chevy Gray, maybe Gray, I don't know, maybe it was light blue, but Chevy Malibu with the freaking <coughs> jank-ass trunk and destroyed back seat seat backs in the back 
I, I, your man out in the desert. And he, so if you're driving out there and you see all these little like homesteads out there, one of those was his. Like he, he was one of those guys that spent the 60 grand for the 20 acres <coughs> off allegedly grid, off grid because he was telling me about his off grid earth ship he lived in like most his, people call those tents or like three single wides <laughs> and a gooseneck taped together and then apparently his cinder block broken cinder block basketball court oh man that was great when you were telling us that people did verify that this guy came through our camp and that you left with him but that was all everything else is on you man how <laughs> accurate it is we we can't verify but the car was not there the next morning right so <coughs> hammers was full of stories like that uh, maybe not just like that some of them some of them we can't t- i well you might but i can't tell like some of them are just some of them were meant to be kept. There were a couple of stories close. I was going to tell, and then I thought, man, I don't remember discussing if we should tell that or not. So we'll save those gems for later. Yeah. Some of them you just keep close and you ponder them to yourself, and you get all warm and fuzzy thinking about them, and you're like, you know what? That's just for me to know about. It was a long week when we got home. The classic flu like symptoms and the post hammers depression. Well, uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, and man, now see now I'm like jacked, talking about it, going over a week. Like, ah, I don't want to go back right now, but I want to go back again next year. Well, I've I've dug through my email inbox. Uh, my suburban's still full of all my hammer stuff because I gotta finish digging my freaking path <clears throat> to my shop so I can actually like get in and put stuff away. But right now, it's impassable. There's oh, the too s- much the snow. the snow is real here, man. The snow won't stop. Freaking snow, man. Um, for us, yeah, it's time to uh, start prepping that new race car, right? May. May's coming fast. <coughs> We're ready to uh, run Mid-America Off-Roads Ultra 4 USA Series. Uh, I don't know exactly what races we're going to do, but we know we're running Montana in May. Yep, May and... The summer's pretty... Oh, dude, you know who we didn't give a shout-out to? Speaking of Montana, freaking Grizz, man. Oh, Grizz and Aaron. Yeah. How could we forget Grizz and Aaron? Uh, Grizz showed up as a rookie driving a Can-Am. He was the last finisher in the UTV race. Yep. Uh, Man, we saw him early in the week, and he looked whooped. And uh, he rested and recovered. I don't know exactly how his race went. I think... I mean, it went okay, but it took him almost 10 hours. Uh, that was our cutoff time. When we saw him that night, he was definitely... Whooped. He was whooped, but feeling pretty good. Yep. Uh, because he finished King of the Hammers. So, I mean, badass job, Grizz. I mean, that was pretty incredible. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go see them in May. They moved the June race in in Broadview, Montana, to May uh, to accommodate the Ultra Four schedule. And so uh, that's that's what we're looking forward to. All you, If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about the Montana race quite a bit. One of our favorites. Uh, we're very emotionally attached to that race. And uh, you need to be there. It's a badass race. I know a lot of you guys have asked us about it and what it's like. It's just fun, man. It's super fun. It's a great group. It's pretty chill. It is not KOH level intensity. Yeah. Um, the weather's 
Well, we'll see what the weather's like. Well, don't ask change. don't ask Robert Taylor about the but, weather. <laughs> <coughs> Bad experience for him. But for the most part, the weather is delightful. Um, and it's a nice part of the country. Uh, as much as I love MOA, I'm not a fan of eastern Oklahoma. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not a fan of eastern Oklahoma per se. I'm not a fan of where it's located geographically. So the weather in Montana is just more my style. Like, you know, you're getting up, you're heading west, you're heading north. Just the weather becomes a bit more uh, livable. Except for when it's windy. Yeah, that's anywhere, And though. except for when it's dusty. That's ah, like all the reasons. And there's rattlesnakes. That's, that's, that's I, why you like it. I love snakes and rattlesnakes. Who did you tell that you would feed? Someone said, I was thinking about oh. going, and you were like, if you come... Because they you, were like, I want a rattlesnake, and you were like, I can, I can cook you a rattlesnake. Yeah, it, so who, who was who that? Who were we talking to? Anyway, if you're listening, and I was the one who promised you to cook you up some rat, some rattler if you caught one, or if we caught one, hit me up so I remember. Because rattlesnakes, if prepared right, is delicious. <laughs> if not done uh, right, it's pretty ho hum. It's a lot like raccoon or possum. I think that the next race is actually. Uh... In Rush, Kentucky, uh, in April. That'll be the first regional race of the year for those East Coast guys. Um, and then Montana will be the first West race in May. So that's kind of what we're looking forward to. That's what we're going to be working on prepping for. Um, amongst wrapping up the winter, working, shuttling our kids around to events... You know, the typical life stuff that we kind of got to put on pause for two weeks while our saints of wives took care of all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah I, I still haven't celebrated Valentine's Day with my <laughs> wife yet. Uh, it's all right. I'm a, I'm, I think I'm going to take her to dinner tomorrow night. We'll do special dinner tomorrow night. Because we got we got uh, babysitters. Man, we we gave all these shout outs to all these dudes that had good weeks and bad weeks. But man, our our wives, I don't think they ever they never question us going on this. Right? They said, "Go ahead, go do it. We'll take care of stuff at home." Um, yeah. Well, they got it pretty easy. We Let's shouldn't be we shouldn't overshadow how much they do so that we can go do this. Well, here's the thing: like I could be. I I have a lot of friends who uh they hunt. And so their wives become like hunter hunting widows or whatever. So like my wife only has to put up with me gone from like certain times and then I come home I'm dusty, get laundry done, we're good to go. Like these friends who's husband, you know, these friends who go hunting, these wives got to put up with like animals and fur and like guns and camouflage doesn't sound that bad <laughs> i mean free food in the freezer but i don't i prefer beef anyway that's a weird tangent i went um on. i will say this i'm just trying to i'm just trying to convince myself that i'm a better husband because i don't hunt there is <laughs> there is a little speculation you know the wives went last year they didn't go this year yep. there's a little speculation that they might be going again next year um Heard rumors of something about a trip to the beach that we're not involved with. I say whatever. You do you. And uh, if you guys want to go to the beach, I'm all about it. Show up on race day. and uh, Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Logistically, 
it's pretty much impossible for us to do stuff like that. But whatever, we make stuff work. And, uh, yeah, no crazy ideas before they're being discussed. Okay, oh, they're, be- they're being discussed. Yeah. You just apparently haven't been a part of that discussion. No, no. Like I said. I'm not opposed to it because uh, I do like to eat. My wife, when we got home and I unloaded all the food from the freezer, kind of was a little upset. She's like, I bought you all these groceries. And I'm like, we ate, right? We ate every day at least two or three times. Um, I think we might have just overpacked a little bit. And there was a big giant box full of cookies that I totally forgot about. What? Yeah. You held out on cookies? Oh, dude. Like grandma's cookies. Oh, Like the good ones. Totally forgot about them, man. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I do eat better when she's at the races, man. You don't cook for me like Casey does. I don't cook for anybody. Well, you put freaking beans and chili. I wouldn't even probably eat what you cook anyway, so. So weird. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a good trip. Good trip. A few downers, but a lot of uppers, man. Yeah, we're back. Back in the swing of things. Like I said, we're going to do better about getting this uh making sure podcasts go out gotta get youtube stuff done yeah if we've talked about if we've talked to you guys about having you on the show just know you're gonna be on the show if we didn't name drop you tonight we're sorry we're totally sorry we interacted with so many people during the two weeks i mean it was crazy and if we didn't name drop you and you were part of our life there you get a hold of us and we want we want to we want to be reminded. We want to make that right. We want to be reminded of your greatness and how cool it was to be hanging out with you. Um, it's just sometimes you're in a brain fog because there's so much dust and twisted tea up in your head. So <laughs> dust, yes. Twisted tea, no. Not, not for so you, much. But for no. me. And on that uh, note, let's uh, let's let's go let's go to bed, Zach. Well, I'm not going to bed with you, man. Hell no! I'm, I gotta drive clear to grand yeah i'm going upstairs and going to bed with my wife yeah I'm don't gonna, even think about it man I'm gonna go you sit were lucky my, to even get to sleep in my camper i'm gonna go sit, sit in my hot tub tonight Ooh, tonight would be a good hot tub night yes yeah. my wife even moves snow so we could get to it easier <laughs> well we'll be back next week guys we're gonna get a good guest in here i promise you can't say who it is yet we have a couple of big names that we've talked to Dude, that listen you guys you're all big names to us. We love you all. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our uh, post-KOH 2023 race report. Uh, share it, listen to it, rewind it, laugh a little bit. Um, no heavy breathing, man. It, for the record, I do think that someone told us maybe the heavy breathing was the other podcast, guys. Well, doesn't matter, because guess what? I, I'm owning that shit, whether it's mine or not. I mean, there's some heavy snuffling tonight. Yeah. Because <clears throat> hammer long. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll catch all you guys next week, and uh, yeah, have fun getting your cars prepped for the next race. You've been listening to The Pit Guys. Follow us on Facebook. Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. We'll see you at the races.